Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. and welcome. If this is your first time here, it's great to have you listening. If it's your if you're returning, welcome back. It's great to have you as well. Last week we talked about Abraham and we're going to continue to talk about Abraham today. And last week we ended with Lot going to Sodom and Gomorrah. So we will begin in Genesis 14 this week. We're going to start at verse 13, but I'm going to give you a little bit of a background before we get there, Um, because there is a bunch of people that are kings of various places, and they have pretty much aligned together in different ways, and they started to rebel against each other, fight, broke out, work broke out in the land, and they attacked Sodom and Gomorrah, and they, Sodom and Gomorrah lost, and four kings that attacked Sodom and Gomorrah took everything, their food, their people, um, and they went off. They also took Lot, Abram's nephew, and all of Lot's possessions, and all of his you know, all of his family and uh, the servants and other herdsmen and things that Lot had in his family. And so Lot has been seized and taken away. And that's where we will begin in verse 13. A man who escaped came and reported this to Abram, the Hebrew. Now Abram was living near the great trees of Marmory, the Amorite the brother of Eschol and Anner, all of whom were aligned, allied with Abram. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. During the night, Abram divided his men to attack them, and he routed them, pursuing them as far as as Hobah, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions, together with the women and other people. After Abram returned from defeating Kedor Lamor, the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out and met them in the valley of Shava that is, the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of the God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and peace be to the God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything, And the king of Sodom said to Abram, 
Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, With a raised hand I have sworn an oath to the Lord God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even the thread of a scrap or the a thread or a strap of a sound sandal so that you will never be able to say I made Abram rich I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with me to Anner, Eshkol, and Marmory let them have their share after this the Lord came to Abram in a vision do not be afraid Abram I am your shield your great reward but Abram said sovereign Lord what can I give you or what can you give me since I remain childless and no one will inherit my state is the one who is hmm, excuse me let me start that over but Abram said sovereign Lord what can you give me since I remain childless and no one will inherit my the one who inherit my state is Eleazar of Damascus and Abram said you have given me no children so a servant in my household will be my heir then the word of the Lord came to him this man will not be your heir but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir he took him outside and said Look up at the sky, count the stars, if you indeed can count them. And then he said to him, your, So shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited him in his righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each that are three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. So Abram brought all of these things, cut them into two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcass, carcasses, but Abram drove them away. The sun was setting. Abram fell down into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in the country, not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation. They will serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. However, you will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. The fourth generations, the fourth in the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, where the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and the darkness had fallen. The smoking fire part, pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and, 
Abram and said, To your descendants I give this land from Wadi of Egypt to, to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Canaanites, the Kinzanites, the Cadmorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Repetites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gerasenites, and the Jezebites. Now, at the beginning of this, I told you that Lot was living in Sodom, and he was taken captive, and uh, he was not fighting, or we don't hear that he was fighting, but he was still taken captive in the battle. And when Abraham heard of this, that his nephew was kidnapped pretty much or taken as a prisoner of war, he mounted a rescue mission uh, to go get his family. Even though Lot had made some questionable choices, Abraham still said, I'm going to go get him. And in this rescue mission, it didn't just result in Lot's deliverance, but there was a lot of wealth and items that were spread out, not, not to Abram because he refused to take it, but to the people around him and the people that helped him. And this shows, you know, Abraham said, I made, I made an oath with God, but give it to the guys that helped me, you know. And after he got Lot and he, uh, they were returning, they meet Melchizedek. Uh, he is a priest from, you know, from God. And Melchizedek came to meet him, and he brought bread, and he brought wine. This priest, who was also the king of Salem, gave them refreshment and blessed them. And immediately, Abraham made a gift to Melchizedek of 10%, a tenth of what he had. He gave it to the man of God, the priest. And here, this is the first time in the Old Testament that we see anything about tithing. But Abraham, way back in Genesis, he took a tenth of his goods and gave it to Melchizedek, who was the high priest at the time. And this is a, this 10% is something that Abraham's descendants still follow today. Uh, giving a tenth, giving a tithe. How do you feel about tithing? I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I, it's, it's just something I do every once in a while or whatever, but the Bible tells you to do it all the time and even in Malachi it says bring your bring your tithes to the storehouse and and then it asks you who's going to cheat God who's going to steal from God 
I do not want to steal from God. <laughs> and even though we are not under the law, we still, this is a, this is something that allows us to give back since God has given us so much. And you can see right here, this is the first where we actually see this principle in action. Speaking of Melchizedek, in Hebrews 6, 19 through 20, it says, We have this hope as the anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters into the sanctuary beyond the curtain, where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And for those of you who may not know, uh, Israelites, Hebrews, Jewish people, they had to, they had various sections of the temple. And in one section of the temple, of course, there was the where you made offerings and then where you communed with God. This, where you talk to God. They had to go to the temple to go to these high priests to sacrifice for their sins. Because Jesus died for us, he has gone beyond the curtain. He has gone behind the curtain, entered on our behalf so that we don't have to continue to do this, so that we can go to God in person, in prayer, and ask for forgiveness without needing a high priest. And that's why this is important, why Jesus is important as the high priest, because we don't have to do that anymore. As we continue on, Abraham is going back. A lot has gone back. And God has told Abraham he is going to have a son. So starting in Genesis 16. Now, sorry, Abram's wife had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. So go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what sorry said. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan for 10 years, sorry, his wife took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband as his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she, she began to despise her mistress. When sorry said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now she knows she is pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sari mistreated Hagar, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that was beside the road of Shur. 
And he said, Hagar, slave of sorry, where have you come from and where are you going? I am running away from my mistress, sorry, she said. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel said, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall call him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. And he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hands will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have not seen the one who sees me. That is why they will. That is why the well was called Bier Lamal Roy. And uh, it's still there between Kadesh and Beard. So Hagar bore a son, and Abraham gave his name Ishmael. And the son was born. Abraham was 86 years old, and Hagar bore Ishmael. Now Abraham moved from there to the region of Negev and lived in Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Janair. Jerer. And there Abraham and his wife Abraham and his wife Sarah. She is my sister. The Amalek king of Janar sent for Sarah and took her. But God gave came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said, "You are as good as dead because the woman you have taken is a married woman." Now Amalek Ebelech was not gone near her, had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister, and I did, and didn't she also say, he is my brother? I have done what is clear, with a clear conscience and clear hands. When God said to him in a dream, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, so I have kept you. From sinning against me. This is why I don't let you touch her. Now return the man to his wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you will, that you and all who belong to you will die. Early the next morning, Ambalex summoned all his officials and took them all all and told them all that had happened and they were very much afraid then Ambalek called Abraham and said what have you done to us how have I wronged you that you brought a great guilt upon me and my kingdom you have done these things that you should have never done and Ambalek asked Abraham what is the reason for this and Abraham replied I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in a place, in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. 
besides she really is my sister and the daughter of my father though not my mother and she became my wife and then and when god had wander from my father's household i said to her this is how you show your love to me everywhere we go say of me that this is my brother when amalek brought then amalek brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to abram abraham and he returned to sarah his wife and amalek said my land is before you live wherever you like and sarah said i'm giving your brother to sarah he said i'm giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver this is to cover the offense against you before all who were here and who were with you you were completely vindicated then abraham prayed to god and god healed ambalek and his wife and his female slaves so that they could have children again for the lord had kept all the women of ambalek's household from conceiving because of abraham's wife sarah so after god had reaffirmed all of his promises to abraham um he seemed you know all seemed fine and ready to go and he was going to have this covenant. And he was going to have so many descendants. But he still hadn't had a child with sorry. He still, Sarah, who is sorry, still not having a baby, not pregnant. And so she comes up with this idea. Okay, well, God told you that a son will be your heir. Take my slave, take Hagar, and have a child. And because Sari and Abram at this point were so antsy, so trying to, to get God's blessings, and they wanted a son, and they, God was not ready. His time had not come for Sari to have a baby yet. And so he he goes and jumps ahead and sleeps with Hagar and then Ishmael is born. And like as soon as Hagar gets pregnant, it starts creating this this dissension in the house, this distress in the house, this just discord between sorry hagar and you know this this goes on to after ishmael's born there's still such distress and such discord ishmael uh, is of course highly um highly considered the beginning of the islamic faith and of course we still see that in our world today the pull and push and just general boringness and 
and pain between the Islamic faith and the Jewish faith. And this all started from Abraham jumping the gun and sleeping with Hagar. And instead of waiting on God, he decided, I'm going to do things my way. Just like we frequently do when we get ahead of ourselves or ahead of God because we're like, we want this done and we want it done now. Um, and God's like, just, just hold on a minute. Have faith. Hold on. And so this happens. And Ishmael is born. And yes, Abraham from his two, from Ishmael and Isaac are two very large nations that are born from one man. And so, yes, just as God had promised him, his descendants would be bigger, you know, more larger than the amount of stars in the sky. It is true. And it says, you know, we kind of read it all as, oh, Abraham, he's going to be the father of nations, right? It's his father of great nations. And we think, oh, yeah, but because of this, Islam came from Ishmael. And so, oftentimes, God makes us wait for things. There's a delay in things. A lot of times, he reveals promises to us or puts a call on our lives, and then makes us wait and he is usually teaching us things in the waiting or giving us a time of testing in our lives and we have to be careful not to interfere or speed up the plans of God right Usually, and I'm probably going to say 99% of the time because some people might come back and say, oh, no, this worked out for me. But when you try to speed up God's plans, a lot of times, and the majority of times, it ends up in disaster. The shortcut that you take is not, not what God intended. You end up not learning a lesson or not being completely prepared for what you're about to do when you try to jump ahead or you try to, let's just help God along here. God says that I'm going to get this. Or, you know, God God has told me this is where I need to be. Let's just go ahead and move ahead. When God's saying, my timing is perfect. Wait. And uh, in James, the very first part of James, in James 1, I think it's like 3 through 4 or so. God tells us to take joy and to consider it absolute joy when we go through times of testing and through hard times because the testing of our faith develops perseverance. And we have to have that endurance. We have to have that perseverance to finish God's work. 
so that we could have everything that we need to do exactly what God needs us to do so that we can be complete, lacking nothing. So don't get ahead of God like Abraham did. Don't, if God has promised you things, he will give it to you. You just have to be patient. So at this point, God has given Abraham quite a few promises. Number one, he told him he's going to make him a great nation. Number two, he said, I will bless you. Number three, he said, I will make your name great. And number four, he says, you will be a blessing. And number five, I will bless those who bless you. Number six, I will curse those who curse you. And number seven, through you all shall be blessed. And Abraham, he is, is starting to see some of these promises come to be and other people being blessed by him and him being blessed and being a blessing to others. But then he, he still received this ominous vision or dream where God had told him, I'm going to give this land to you, but your descendants for four generations aren't going to see this land. <laughs> you know, uh, he said, you're going to have to wait, and your descendants are going to be slaves for a little while. But when they come out of that slavery, they're going to have huge possessions. And then, then, four generations, your people are going to have this land. That's a long time to wait, <laughs> you know, but he does give him that promise that, that these people, his children's 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 children will see and have possession of the land that God has promised Abram. And so we're going to continue on next week uh, from this point on in which We'll talk about, of course, the birth of Isaac and various other things uh, that happened from here on out. So thank you for listening today. I hope you got a little bit of a better understanding of Abraham and this middle section kind of of his story and the birth of Ishmael. And so this. Keep the faith. If God's given you a promise, don't jump ahead of God. And remember, his timing is always perfect. So take care of yourselves and be good to yourselves and be good to others. And smile because God loves you and so do I.